while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Where does the creator of the universe send his son? Where does the prince of peace make his entrance? A barn, a stable, a, a manger of all places. Certainly no place fit for a king. But then again, this was no ordinary king. Savior is born in a stable. So there are animals and uh, animal stuff, manure, mud, a pitiful place for a human, much less the king of kings. So why? Why would he do that? Because the shepherd was coming to care for his sheep to make a way for his sheep. And, and that's what shepherds do. They live where the sheep are. They eat where they eat, and they sleep where they sleep. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. You ever thought about that sign? Sign for what? Maybe it is a sign that Jesus is accessible to everyone. Maybe it's a sign that the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills can relate to a homeless person. That God will have nothing to do with the social status of mankind. Either way, it's a sign for all of us to go and do likewise. You see, later, Paul would write these words. That you should have the same attitude as Jesus Christ, who, being in the nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself. He made himself nothing, becoming a servant, coming in human likeness. The creator, who had been served since before the dawn of time, stepped out of heaven to become a servant. Who does that? The God who's laid in a manger. A messy feeding trough. Yeah. Why such a messy place? Because he came to save messy people. So, that first Christmas was dirty, grimy, filthy. <laughs> it was messy. But thank God it was. Because without it, what a mess we'd be in. I welcome you to Crosspoint Church. Merry Christmas. Hey, that's great. Hey, we're in a, a series called The Wonder of Christmas. We're actually ending it today. It's a series that has us scratching our heads. Why? Why God sacrificially loves us so? Why God made peace so we can be reconciled and have a rich relationship with him. 
why God gives us joy in the journey in spite of circumstances and why God is our only hope for today and for all of eternity. This afternoon, I asked the question, why did the King of Kings choose to be born in a stable? Let's pray. Our Father, this church continues to celebrate the Christmas season today. Father, would you open our minds today? Would you help us leave today with our eyes filled with wonder, amazed and grateful for you? May we receive the power to understand just how much you love us and sacrifice so we could have peace with you. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus, our hope for today and forever. We pray these things, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen. You know, part of the wonder of Christmas is why did God choose messy? Well, Jesus, the Son of God, entered a messy world. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 2. Blake had already recited it to you, but, but we're going to focus on different verses in that chapter. So Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed, about, a, excuse me, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. You know, at this time, Rome was powerful, and it ruled the world in the first century. Politics were corrupt and self-serving. The culture was crude, especially to anyone who was not a Roman citizen. The society was demeaning to both women and children. And literally, undesirable infants or people with special needs were just tossed aside. The Jews were oppressed and were considered troublemakers. So this was the culture that Jesus was born in. He was born essentially into a third world context under a military dictatorship. It was a society where everyone was coerced and lived in fear. As in most agrarian societies where everyone, uh, well, lived for the harvest. Only about 10% of the population was born into nobility and lived lavishly. Puppet states like Israel were taxed heavily in order to provide food and other amenities for the Roman citizens. This was the world that Jesus was born into. Quite messy. Jesus, the wonderful counselor, came in a messy way. In Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 4. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. 
He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time for her baby was to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. You know, the normal birthing process is quite messy. There's much to clean up after a baby is born. The facility, the mom... And certainly the baby. Stables, they're messy. Mostly because animals are not noted for cleaning up after themselves. Mangers, they're messy. (laughs) Not sure if you've ever noticed. But saliva, snot, just don't have Kleenex in these places, are normal. But for a crib to place a baby in, there isn't anyone here that would make a barn their first choice for their firstborn child. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, made life messy for Mary and Joseph. Let me explain. In Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 5, he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who is now expecting a child. I'm going to go over to Matthew and give us a little bit more insight in Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. And as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph. Son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You know, Mary and Joseph's reputation would be soiled. It would be messy. A child out of wedlock would be such a difficult thing to explain to neighbors, to parents, to friends. It was a huge deal in that culture. Preparation for the wedding. Something they had planned. And the wedding itself would be most awkward. Their long journey to Bethlehem was difficult. Being nine months pregnant and traveling that far. 
well, experiencing normal difficulties and scenarios and situations. They're lodging. Can you imagine that? Ending up in Bethlehem where hundreds and perhaps thousands of others were trying to go back. Nothing available. Wondering, God, are you taking care of us? No reservations. And then the only thing they can find is a stable. Uh, Imagine how they felt. Imagine how Joseph felt trying to provide, trying to do the right thing. Life was so messy for Mary and Joseph. And not only that, their future. Their future felt messy. I, I bet they wondered, is it going to get better? Or even at times, how do you raise the Son of God? How, how is this? There are no books written about this. And even would the family be around? Most generations would stick around at this time and help out with child rearing and child education and caring. Would their parents believe them? Would they even trust them? Their life seemed to be a little messy at this moment. Then the mighty God chose messy guests and messengers. Uh, Let me read. In Luke chapter 2, we read about the shepherds. And I'm going to start reading in verse 16. Once the shepherds heard that Jesus, the Messiah, was born, it was placed in a manger. This is what happened. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a manger. You just had to stop. The king of kings, the promised Messiah the prophesied one, the one who would save all of Israel. Not in a palace. In a stable. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angels had told them. God chose shepherds, messy shepherds, messy guests. Shepherds were disheveled. Shepherds were dirty. Shepherds were low on the social scale. Shepherds' reputation, well, they they were tainted at best. Yet shepherds were the people group chosen to hear the good news, 
to meet the Messiah and then go share the good news. Messy shepherds were God's choice, God's plan, and it shouted. Emmanuel, the Messiah, chose to save messy people. <laughs> you may have heard this before, and, and, and maybe this is not news to you, but may even be offensive to some. Well, what are you saying, Rick? Are you saying I am messy, that we are messy? And, and actually, yes, I, I'm saying that, that we are all a mess. And it doesn't take long for us to figure that out. Some of our choices and some of our journey shows us very quickly how much of a mess we can make of our lives. The Bible tells us we're sinful. That we actually have committed offenses against God, a holy God, so that we're separated from God. I like to say we're drowning. And and even the best swimmers, if you're placed in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and told to swim, make it to land. Now, some may make it further than others, but nobody can make it to land. They are going to need to be rescued. And ultimately, All of us, all of mankind are unable to have a relationship with God. The prophet Isaiah in chapter 64, verse 6 says this, We all, all of mankind are infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. So there are some times that we do pretty well without God. But the scriptures say, to God? Even our best shot is like offering him dirty rags. The scriptures tell us in Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned. We fall short of God's glorious standard. And it can be pretty depressing and so why are we talking about this on Christmas Eve? Because really what happens is, is that there is some really good news. Yes, we need to be rescued. Yes, we need a Savior. Yes, the chasm is massive. We will never be able to experience life or have a relationship with God in our own way, by our own works, by our own goodness. But in Romans chapter 3, starting at verse 24, the verse that follows for all of us have sinned and fall short. Verse 24, yet, yet, God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. 
People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just and makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. A little bit later in Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 9, the apostle writes this, pretty excited. And he says, since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he certainly will save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still enemies, while we were drowning, while we were sinning, while we were apart from God, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. Oh my, this is amazing news. Even though all of us, myself, We are separated from God because of our sin, because of our rebellion. God says, no, I love you. I am sending Jesus into a messy world so that you might have life. You might have a relationship with me. I love how Eugene Peterson actually paraphrases this same passage. He says this, Now that we are set right with God by means of this sacrificial death, the consummate blood sacrifice, there is no longer a question of being at odds with God in any way. If when we were at our worst, we were put on friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of his son, Now that we have actually received this amazing friendship with God, we are no longer content to simply say in a plotting prose, we sing and shout our praises to God through Jesus the Messiah. You know, the scripture also calls us sheep. And sheep need a shepherd. So Jesus came into our messy world because we're a mess in order to save us and rescue us. But not just to save us and rescue us, but to give us life abundant and life eternal. You see, in John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus himself said this, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. So not only does God love you and me and saves you and me, but says, hey, I know you are sheep, 
And you need a shepherd, someone who will live with you, someone who will walk with you, someone who will care for you. You see, shepherds don't occasionally check in. A good shepherd cares and provides and protects and guides sheep daily. And that's the good news, is that Jesus is our good shepherd. So the question comes back to, why would the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, come as a baby to be laid in a feeding trough? Well, he did because we are a mess and we are separated from him. And without a relationship with Jesus, we cannot experience life, abundant or eternal. You see, the good news, the good news of Christmas is that Jesus came in a messy way so that messy people can live full and meaningful lives. It's because of Christ's love and Christ's sacrifice. And think of it. Sacrifice of coming into our world in a very normal way and being laid in a manger after spending all of his former time, if we can picture that with the Father. But he continued to sacrifice as he lived on this planet in this mess and ended Some 33 years later when he stretched his arms out on a cross. Oh, was that a mess. But oh, did that show us love. We are saved from the penalty of sin and from God's wrath. We can be friends with God and have a relationship with him. Which just simply means walking with God, enjoying his presence in the midst of messy. It means obeying your good shepherd so that he changes us, all of us, from the inside out. It means enjoying the Holy Spirit that lives in you once he saves you, once you become part of God's family and gives you the privilege to mirror Jesus wherever you go. You see, in Psalm 23, David talks about the Lord being his shepherd. And in the very last verse, he says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me, pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So what's so amazing is, yes, a shepherd will walk with each of us. The shepherd will care for each of us. But someday, when we shut our eyes, we will spend forever, forever, with our good, good Father, enjoying a world not corrupted by our selfishness. You see, hope has a name. And that name is Emmanuel. You know, we wonder why God chose Messi. 
But I'm glad he did. Let's pray. Father, these weeks we've been wondering. We know who we are. We know our bent. We know our selfishness. We, we know we have pushed you out of our lives for the most part. But God, you pursued us and you loved us and you provided a way that, that we could have a relationship now and forever. We're in awe. We're in awe that you chose to come into our world in the way that you did. But we are so glad you did. We are so grateful that you loved us. We are so grateful that we have an opportunity by faith to become part of your family. We thank you, Lord. And we pray even now that you, the source of our hope, will fill us completely with joy and peace because we trust in you. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have that privilege and we say thank you. We say thank you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name.